previously on Wild Endeavors. We are rejoining Fenn and Leandros a little while after their return from the ethereal plane. I would just straight up tell him, like, look, we're for uh, some Listen, uh, cell swords around. fighting men. We heard you were tough, and we have uh, a bit of a situation. Oh, somebody and heard this I was situation tough. includes some very well, evil You were all things. that was left. Sorry. <laughs> Duke Castagon Allard, one of the Wardens of Arthamor, was assassinated. There are now two armies camped around Arthamor, so before you can enter the city and begin looking for Than's sister, you're going to have to find a way to get into the city. Have we tried just asking? Maybe they'll let us through. No, they're definitely turning people around. Have we seen anybody, like, that hasn't been turned away? No one that you've seen. Okay, I guess we're out of options, monster it is. It's obviously pretty hard to miss this Gorgon as it lets out a, you know, a roar and ah! begins to charge towards the army. You are able to regroup in the, the shell of a, a burned-out building. Arthamore is a monument to human ingenuity. Massive foundries, mills, and artisan enterprises are dwarfed only by the towering universities, observatories, and libraries. Somewhere amid all that splendor is a breadcrumb that will start you on the path to Karan Island. And now, Chapter 6, Nightfall Heist. frames of buildings, piles of ash and rubble, shift restlessly under the light of the moon. A few remaining sections of walls here and there give the impression of what this neighborhood looked like before it was burned from the faith of Arthamore. As you make your way into the city, away from the encamped armies that are beginning to calm after the Gorgon attack, the slightest breeze kicks up clouds of ash sometimes you can't see more than, than 10 feet in front of you in the dark. Closer to the unburned parts of the city, canvas and boards have been used to make slapdash housing out of some of the ruins. If you had to guess, uh, it looks like almost a third of the city burned. Certainly many people lost their lives in the flames, but even more are now homeless or living in the shanty towns uh, near the unburned sections of the city. So as you, the four of you, make your way through this area, what would you like to do? I, I just got some money from Leandros. As I say, I know a place we can, we can try to look for and uh, can probably stay for the night or so while we figure stuff out. He also can probably help us out. What were you thinking? So uh, hide out there, gather information, figure out our next move. Can we trust him? He didn't let me down last time I was here. Did you let him down? No. All right, I'll follow you. No, I didn't. You. Um, <laughs> I'll start making my way towards where the silver unicorn was. Okay. As you begin to make your way through the city and 
over the, the course of the next couple of days, as you as you are out and about in the city, you begin to notice there's a there's a very different feel to the city than to the last time that um, any of you had visited it before. I think Than was probably the the one who visited most recently. Um, but the city is is quiet, much quieter than a city this size should be. Even the the hawkers and the marketplaces are a little bit more toned down. Um, they're still there, just like not in as large numbers, and there's not a lot of you know people like shouting their wares so much as being like, hey, you know, we're over here. The royal guard are marching around, uh, not like the city guard that fan that you would have seen last time that you were here. These are heavily armed and armored. Uh, they are traveling in packs of at least ten, and they stare down anyone who gives them a, a second look or or takes too long of a look. Two other strange groups are marching around um, in formations like like they are guards, so they are very clearly not. Both appear to be citizen militias. There's no uniforms to speak of, kind of just like whatever they were would normally wear. There are a few of them that are carrying real weapons, but for most part it's uh, makeshift weapons. Um, there's a number of like blacksmith hammers, meat cleavers, um, cudgels made out of a table leg, that sort of thing. One of the groups is wearing green cloth on one arm. Uh, sometimes it's just a strip tied around a bicep or the forearm, uh, but most are wearing like an entire sleeve, like they ripped it off of a shirt or jacket and then kind of just like wedged it over what they were wearing. They are very creatively calling themselves the green sleeves. Um, you find out pretty easily from, from overhearing them um, or people talking about them that they support the late Duke's son, Corin Allard, to be the new warden of the seventh district, which is where his father was also a warden. The Greensleeves also want the Royal Guard to, to stand down and let House Ellard um, bring its army into the city to protect uh, the people of the seventh district. The other group wear dreamcatcher-like chess pieces with a lot of feathers woven into or hanging from them. Um, they are being called Praetorians. They very much support the Primarchy and the rule of law established by Praetoria of House Brontide, who is the Queen of Arthamore, hence their nickname of Praetorian. They want the Royal Guard to stand down and let the outer city folks move into the inner city. They also want the Greensleeves to, to stand down and for House Allard to, to leave the city. It seems some type of election was held and uh, a woman named Carlotta Imans has, was elected as a new warden of the 7th district, not Corin. Do they appear to like be hostile toward each other? There's more of a tension than an, an open hostility between the two groups. When you see them on the the street together, like at the, at the same time, there's definitely you know some posturing and a little bit of kind of like the that moment of like staring each other down. There seems to be some type of peace that's been arranged, but they very clearly are itching for a fight or looking for an excuse to throw down. Are we going to stand out because we're not on either side, or are there other neutral parties? Not really. Um, I mean, you certainly see that there are a lot of people, um, or like you, you'll see like a merchant who has like a, a green scarf wrapped around the the shingle for their for their business, uh, or a carriage that goes by and has a you know a bunch of feathers hanging off the back. So it seems like there are some people who are kind of like showing their support, but not like marching with these groups. But the majority of people seem to like they don't really want to get in the middle of that. Um, they're just trying to go about their lives. We could start our own gang and just recreate Gangs of New York right now. <gasps> oh, I love that movie. <laughs> One other thing that, that Fan notices is as you go about the city, um, you're seeing a lot more like Thieves Can't. 
um, scrawled onto the sides of buildings or like incorporated into signs. And in particular, you're seeing a lot more of the kind of the thieves can't version of, of like a gang tag, which is unusual because typically a thieves guild or, you know, a, a clandestine group is trying to keep a low profile rather than like announcing where their buildings or their people are. So it definitely seems like there is some type of turf war among the, the, the thieves of the city. Is Thin the only one that notices this, or...? Yes, he's the only one who knows Thieves Can. I don't, I don't know Thieves Can. Very good, Evan. <laughs> so all of that is kind of just stuff that you pick up as you're making way through the city to the Silver Unicorn. The actual trip there itself is pretty uneventful, and, and you're, you make it there without any issue. As you enter into the common room, you are greeted by the proprietor, uh, Felix Simmons, a somewhat short, bald, uh, timid-looking human. Um, he is dressed very finely, um, if, if simply. The Silver Unicorn is one of the higher-end establishments in the, in the city. It's not the highest end, certainly, but it is it is definitely up there. Um, its common room has you know, four hearths uh, with four roaring fires going. All the woods of the, the tables and the bar and things like that are all highly polished and, and clean. The few patrons that are, are in the, the common room right now are, are very well-behaved and, and very well-dressed. I just want to keep my mask up and I approach and I just want to be like, is there... Can we conduct the business privately? He gives you a, a nod of deference and, and says, Oh, of course, of course. Uh, we have a few rooms still available if you're interested in, in staying the, the night. Uh, or if you're just looking for a quiet place to have a meal, we do have a number of private dining rooms. That would be, I believe, perfect for your, your needs. We'd be happy to accommodate your group in any means that you require. Uh... That would be lovely. Can we go to the room? He says, oh, of course, of course. Uh, please, please follow me. And he leads you towards the, the stairs at the, the far end of the common room. And, and just before the staircase, he like uh, pops around a little corner and comes back with a, a large book. And he says, I, I will just require uh, at least one signature from your group um, as far as an intention to pay for our services. Uh, this is just a minor formality and we can get you directly up into your room and, and get you any kind of food or drink uh, that you would require. Leandros? <laughs> oh, fine. And uh, okay, all right, fine. I sign. So if he if he if he leads us to the room, I, once we're in the room, I would like to close the door and then take the mask off and reveal myself. Oh, okay. So you're asking him into the room? Yes. So you can okay. So you can you can tell he's he's trying to be very very polite about this thing, but this is obviously not the, how the typical transaction goes. Uh, but then once he is in the room and you've kind of let the mask drop and revealed yourself, he is he's very pleased to see you. He says, "Oh, Master Master Than, it's it's so so good to see you again." Um, after the way that that you and your companions left last time, I I'm surprised to to see you in the city again. Yes, things are a little odd at that time and. I hate to say it, but uh, things are a bit odd now as well. Yeah, things have changed quite a bit since I've been here, goodness. As per our last agreement, discretion is... He gives you another, like, deferential nod. The discretion of our guests is always at the highest priority here at the Silver Unicorn, especially for such a valued guest as yourself. Yes, I will give him 20 gold. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Going back to our old ways. And uh, I would ask him if... Um, if he has any news or information on any anything anything of importance, 
I'm afraid, Master Then, you're going to have to be a bit more specific. Um, as you've no doubt seen, there are many, many things uh, of consequence happening in the, in the city at, at this current date, and there are as many things that you should be wary of. Uh, anybody else have any questions? Do you have any good wine available? Uh, no, they're not. This is, of course, of course. I'll have some sent up directly. I do appreciate that. Thank you. He turns to Than again and says, would, would you or any of your other companions also like something to drink or a hot meal? Or is there anything else that I can have sent up to your room for you? I'm perfectly fine. Is it, or do we all have our own rooms kind of thing? Or how does this work? Well, so far you've only asked him for one, uh, but it certainly seems like you could change that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I require no sleep. It's okay. Not even, not even like an hour? No, I have a soul focus. Yeah, one of the boons he gets from being on a holy quest is that he does not need to, to eat or sleep. That's I fucking freedom from what? That's cool. Really? It's cool and unsettling at the same time. <laughs> yeah, very unsettling. I'd probably say get two rooms and split off into two if we need to, so we're not all cramped in one tiny room. <laughs> not like us? I, I mean, I don't like you enough to be shoulder to shoulder with you in one room right now. Pay the man. <laughs> I'll take my own room. I'll just wander the hallways. <laughs> um, you could also hang on the common room if you don't want to be creeping around the hallways all night. Okay, yeah, that's what I'll do. Or the tavern if there's one there. All right, okay, I need to I'm speak gonna... with the Finn. I guess I'll hang out in the room with Leandra. Okay, so just make sure that I have this all straight. Um, Elif is going to go downstairs. Um, Than and Hans have a room. Leandros has his own room, and he's just asked Than to come talk with him in that room. Yeah. Yeah. Theron, please, would you accompany me? I need to speak with you. All right. Keep it on the low there. We discussed this a lot okay. time. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> We're still in this room. Just, okay. Anyways. What's our plan of action here? We need to figure out uh, where we're going next. Uh, we're in the right location, at least. But what's the next step? Do you have somebody you can contact? Uh, I have a feeling. I have a feeling the one person that of note is going to contact us first. Okay. And, uh, um, let's just say he might not like me being here. Okay. Do you mind if I ask why? Oh, uh, a disagreement of sort. Okay. Well. Yeah. So just be on the ready for okay. that. No, don't worry. I'm always ready. I guess another course of action is, as I noticed on the way in, uh, my old organization um, seems to have been a little more active and has a lot more uh, of their presence out in the open, uh, probably due to what's happened within the city. And um, perhaps following one of their their leads could uh, give us more information. Do you think it might be a power play on their part? Trying to seize more power in the uh, I city. definitely, I definitely think that they probably definitely have a stake in one side or the other, or trying to play both sides. It's unsure, but okay. knowing them, they have some sort of plan. So just to be clear, like while you did see more symbols of the clasp or some of the clasps, or like version of thieves can't, you did also see um, a number of symbols from like other organizations or like other thieves guilds um, that have become far more active as well. Oh, okay. Damn, I didn't realize there was other competition. Apparently. All right, there you go. Was there any symbol in in any symbol okay. of note in the silver unicorn? Uh, no. Well, Leandros, if you have any ideas, please let me know. Um, I definitely think we should let uh, Hans and Elias know 
that we need to gather information and maybe they can offer some sort of help with that. Okay. I know I know we hired them and you might think that they're not that great, but I think that they offer some merit. Mm, they'll serve their purpose. Okay, maybe keep that mm. on the down low. <laughs> I'm used to those comments I, from you because I don't care about it, but so I anyways. hired them to be fighting men. I need them to fight. That's what I hired them for. That's the purpose. Hey, you're, you hired them. I didn't, so... Okay, so let me know if you want to do anything else. But otherwise, we'll jump ahead to the morning. Uh, the four of you all meeting in the common room to, to eat breakfast and kind of plan your day. As you are eating, Felix comes over and gives you another nod. Uh, good, good morrow, uh, my master then. Um, I hope that you are enjoying your stay and enjoying this meal. If there's something else that you need other than lodging or, or meals, um, anything at all to help make your, your stay in the city and your stay in the Silver Unicorn more enjoyable, please let me know. Do we have a place of privacy? Of course, of course. He, he nods again. Uh, one of the private dining rooms is open right now if you'd like to make use of it. I'll signal to the rest of the group and say we should, we should go. And I'll ask Felix to uh, lead on. We'll go. Felix gives his little head nod. Then motions, and a couple of the barmaids come over and then pick up all the, the dishes from from your breakfast to take that with you. Uh, he then leads you towards a hallway that is uh, opposite the, the stairways leading up to the rooms. Down this hallway, there are six private dining rooms, uh, three to a side, staggered just slightly, so like the, the doors, no two doors face each other. You walk by one where the door is closed, and then another one onto the right. You can see it's a, a small kind of cozy room, like a table, a round table with like five chairs around it. There are three people there eating, and it not so much like a like a clandestine type sort of thing. They just like they wanted a little bit of you know quiet while they eat. And Felix leads you down one more um, to one of the another open door, and and um, gestures inside. Um, following you into the room the barmaid set up the and this, it's a table probably could fit about eight people and it's a little bit larger than the one room that you looked in after the everyone gets settled in uh, Felix closes the door behind him and then and then gestures to you says, by, by all means please um, you when understand. the barmaids were leaving can I like motion to them that I, I I picture them eating like a big thing of like steak and eggs sure and I like whisper to one and I'm like can I get two more plates <laughs> 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 she likes that, yeah. She gives you, a, she gives a big, a big smile. Says, "Of course, sure." <laughs> no. And I point at Leandros and I say, "He'll pay for it." <laughs> I, I look at her and I just go, uh, "Okay." <laughs> I might look. I might be evil, but you know, like I said, they serve a purpose. I need them fighting. <laughs> I need my protein. Yeah, exactly. Come burn them calories. So there's more steak and eggs coming. Uh, what did you want to talk to Felix about? Well, uh, you know, Felix, I know you're, um, you've been very kind enough and gracious with uh, the discretion that we, we've we've shown. And uh, I don't want to be any sort of hypocrite, but I do know that you know your way around town. We are trying to gather some, uh, some information on some very uh, shady folks and uh, try to track them down. He nods, uh, says, I, under I understand, I understand. Uh, since you have been such a valued guest, I will reach out to one of my sources. If they uh, agree to meet with you, they might be able to be here as early as this afternoon, um, if that would be acceptable for you. They are, in fact, the organization that helped you and your other companions escape the city just recently. Well, he, uh, he did his job quite well last time, so I, uh, 
I trust you and your judgment of this fellow. Felix gives you another deferential nod and says, very good, very good. I will go and make contact with them right away. As he goes to leave, uh, the barmaid comes back with the, the two other plates of steak and eggs. So now at this point, there are a couple hours to kill. We can also just jump right over that to this afternoon, if you'd like. Um, <laughs> I would I'd probably then replace the mask on the face and um, try to just have a different pose of, or like posture about me. And I would try to change my voice to not be as thin, but I'm that man. Where are the drugs? I liked your, <laughs> I did like your French one. Should go back to that. <laughs> I, I didn't know I was doing the French voice, but sure, I will, I will go on with that. Over the course of a couple hours, I start to get on everyone's nerves because I'm not like eating, sleeping. I, I, I do have bonds that I wrote down for both of their characters. Oh, great. Um, yeah, just as a reminder, bonds are, they're not only a representation of your relationship, your motivation towards another character, but as you resolve them, they become a source of experience as well. So why don't we... Why don't we actually go over all those for everybody? With Ilias, it's more of worried how he handles the whole, his paladin self and whatnot, the truth and all that. And then with Hans, it's more worried about um, if his showing off or his his demeanor will draw any unwanted attention. I used the generic one for Leandros, just saying I was sworn to protect the Elief one, I use the one that's on here too that says, Elief is soft, but I will make him hard like me. For then. I like want to get him to respect me or like prove myself to him, which may go against whatever his bond is, because I feel like I might try to show off more to you. No. That's great. That could be a great source of conflict for y'all. I would say for Then it's kind of like, like a big brother that you want the approval of, but that you don't always agree with. Like sort of like uh, this is a weird reference, but um, like Jesse's character in Breaking Bad, how he has like the younger brother, mm-hmm. so like, he still like respects his older brother and likes him, but he he doesn't like agree with everything he does. So I feel like that kind of be like then for me, Leandros. I'm just, I would say like I'm just like super skeptical of, but sort of like in a respectful way. Like this, like I use one of the ones on here. It says I respect the beliefs of Leandros, but hope that someday he will see the true way. That's a good one. And then maybe for Hans, it would be like making a good first impression. Maybe by like forcing behavior that shows more like bravado, sort of like meeting that like macho level, of, even though it's not natural for me. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I see you kind of as like the geeky kid. Yeah. And I'm like the popular kid. Now we just need someone to get a makeover and we'll have a romantic comedy. <laughs> good to go. So it's like real bonds are like much more kind-hearted than mine and Leandro's. I think it's great. I love how much the two pairs are, are such foils for each other. Well, me, me and Leandro's were in like very weird situation when we met. So tends to happen. Oh yeah, very weird. Not even in this plane of existence. Uh, Leandro's, what do you have? Uh, so for for Hans and Elias, yeah, I think the bonds are going to be the same for the both of them. I mean, he really doesn't care. Um, he's going to at least make these guys happy enough so that. He's paying him to do a job, and he wants the job done, you know, well. Okay, great. So back to uh, the four of you and the Silver Unicorn. Uh, what are you doing to kill some time for the next couple hours? Uh, yeah. I'd like Hang to on. keep an eye on some of the uh, the help and, and the, the, the workforce in the NC, if they're showing any kind of, like, 
I don't know the best word to describe it, any sort of like trickery, trying to sneak around type thing or try to relay information, how, how they are acting. Sure. I think for the most part, the, the staff very much live up to what Felix is talking about, the, the importance of discretion for Gas of the Silver Unicorn. You do obviously get some second looks from, from people that, you know, you're wearing this, this black shadowy mask, and so that's some of them kind of trying to figure out why that is. But um, but even in that, they're, they're kind of very polite. It's not like they're staring and pointing. It's just kind of like, how do you, you know, how do you not take a second look at that, something like that? How do you not, you know, wonder why someone's wearing this mask? Leprosy. Okay. <laughs> Severe leprosy. <laughs> Don't touch. <laughs> I feel like I want to be like... Um, there's not like a pub in in the inns there. Yeah, yeah, there's a bar. I feel like I'll be down there, not necessarily like at the bar, but like at like a table. And I'm not like being what my normal self necessarily would be in an inn because I feel like, like I said, yeah, I want to be famous and people to notice me, but I get the sense in this town it's probably not a good idea to be noticed. So. <laughs> Might be a good idea. But if like <laughs> someone came up to talk to me or like a girl or somebody, I'd probably be talking to you. I would say I'm like um, almost like annoying Fen, like asking him to tell me like about you know his past adventures and you know what's the coolest. <laughs> what do you want me to say that there was you know you know an evil creature and then you know we killed the evil creature and then we got paid for it. Tell him about the time we killed the ho- or never mind that's yeah. out of the game. Leandros, we, so tell we, we... what are you talking about? You don't know anything <laughs> I, about me. I know. I was so tell him about stealth. the Hydra. So is then sharing anything with him, or just kind of trying to ignore him? No, no, it's more like, okay, okay, because I'm trying to do my own thing right now, but it's more like, I'll, I'll answer a few questions for now, but more of like, we'll, we'll pick it up another time. So, I, you know, I'll be like, yes, I, I will say at one point, actually, in this very city, I fought a Hydra, and uh, I would not <laughs> recommend it. I would not recommend it at all. Um... That being said, I'm I'm still here today, so. Well, of course you. Are. Note of a uh, note of importance. I'd like uh, facing a hydra. Have some fire with you. I was almost an immolator. I... <laughs> this conversation is getting very meta. Leandros, you said you wanted to do something. I would like uh, to cast uh, visions through time. Sure. Uh, go ahead and read that move, just so the rest of the group knows what you're doing. Absolutely. All right. So visions through time. Uh, cast a spell to see into the depths of time. The GM will reveal the detail of a uh, grim portent, a bleak event that will come to pass. So they'll tell you something useful and how you can interfere with a dark outcome. Uh, rare the portent that uh, claims happily ever after. Sorry. Oh, wow. So it, it's very rare that you live happily ever after, apparently. Oh, no. It's, it's saying like it's, it's rare that you'll see good things when you cast this spell. Some no toads well, I don't want to see good things. That's fine. Then this should work out pretty well for you. Uh, go ahead and roll to cast it. Alrighty. Ten. Great. So, Leandros, I think you go up to one of the rooms. Uh, there's a big, uh, large, like, dressing mirror in, the, in that room, and you stand before it and do the, the arcane rites to, to begin casting the spell. And as you do, the image in the mirror starts to kind of, like, swirl and change and until you are now, like, looking through the mirror, you have, like, a bird's-eye view of Arthmore. Cool. The city is blanketed by night, so it is only by the, the light of a few windows and the dim light of a waning moon that you see what appears to be tentacles ripping up from the below the street or out of buildings to come crashing down, crushing homes and businesses. Where these tentacle-like things crash down, 
they spring forth a multitude of new limbs uh, to spread throughout the city. And as you watch, the city is slowly crushed and destroyed, and it almost kind of is imploded by these things that are just kind of gripping and slowly pulling inward. As you watch this, you get flashes of like visual clues, uh, like a like a tangle of golden thorns, a magical sword, and and a sewer. These images start coming faster and faster until they start to blur together, and you're not able to actually make out the images anymore. But an idea begins to form in, in your mind that these are all related to some faction in the city that is working toward the goal of, ha of making this happen to Arkhamor. And then the vision ends. So that is your vision through time. Wow, that was deep. Save the girl, save the world. <laughs> Do you mean save the cheerleader? Well, you know. That show was so kick-ass in the first season. It was. It was intense. What show was that? Hero. Uh, Come on. Oh, right, never watched right. it. Well, you definitely should, but watch just the first season and then stop. <laughs> okay. It was the show that had a character named after the show. My least favorite part. So it's mid-afternoon by the time that Felix comes back lets you know that he's made contact with his source and that they are they are here and actually interested in, in meeting you right now if you'd like to follow him to the one of the private dining rooms. Very well, lead the way. All right, well, so he leads you back downstairs to the common room and to the hallway with the private dining rooms. As you make your way down the hall, you catch a glimpse inside one of the rooms of a group of very finely dressed merchants. You know, it's very clearly not a secret meeting because they have the door open, but it appears more just like they are the kind of people who they just feel like they are above eating in the common room, so they, they needed to have their own room back here. Felix walks past the first four rooms, and it looks like he's going to be taking you to like one of the, the end rooms in the hallway when he takes just a couple more steps past the, the last door. He stops and looks around to make sure that there's no one else watching. He then turns and, facing the wall at the end of the hallway, does something with his hands uh, that you can't see because his back is to you. And then suddenly the wall shimmers and becomes a door, and he opens it and very quickly you know, um, ushers you inside. Oh shit, okay. On the other side is a dining room very similar to the one that you were in earlier today. As soon as everybody is inside, Felix you know, cl closes the door very quickly, um, does uh, you know, does something again, kind of with his back to you that you can't see, and then and then only then kind of like then relaxes. Sitting at the head of this eight-person table is a slightly younger than middle-aged human. Uh, he has striking gray eyes, curly brown hair. He's wearing a dark green uh, kurta-style shirt, which is a uh, very much the, the height of fashion in Arthamore at the moment. He stands and gives you a welcoming gesture and says, Hello, my friends. I'm pleased to meet you. You may call me Aurelius. Aurelius. And even though he says to call him Aurelius, uh, fans of the expanded universe would notice that this is the same man who goes by the name Raphael and is an agent of the Eternal Watch. Uh, this is the, the same man who the Wayward Sons will meet uh, about three years in game time from now in Malmayor. Oh. Oh. Fun. Felix. Uh, That's interesting. <laughs> All right, so this was a guy we've met in the other 
in the other thing? Yes. This is the same guy that we actually, he was uh, that guy who was ordering the centaurs too, wasn't he? Or with the centaurs? Yes, yes. So Felix then shows you a pull cord in the in the wall and says, "You know, just this is for if you need anything, um, that'll alert the the staff and they'll they'll come back with anything that you need." And he just says, "Then uh, when you are ready to leave the room, um, please make sure to look through this little window and you see that there is uh, like a window on this side of the door. Uh, just make sure the hallway is clear. Uh, maintain the secrecy of this room." And then he he bids you all a prosperous meeting and uh, excuses himself and, and ducks out of the, the room. I pull the cord immediately. Felix uh, steps back into the room. Uh, yes. Some wine, please. He gives you a nod, says, of course, and then uh, ducks back out of the room. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Aurelius then gestures for you all to take a seat at the table with him um, and sits down and says, I understand you are in need of my services. Yes, we, we were looking for some information. You seem like the type of person who knows quite a bit of the going-ons in and around the town, possibly elsewhere. He makes a little, you know, what, what can I say kind of gesture and leans back in his chair. We are searching for someone, part of a unit of the class known as the Silence. He gives you a knowing kind of nod and gestures like, you know, continue. We are trying to track down the leader of this organization. May I ask, what is your interest with this individual? It is a bit of business, a bit of... Pleasure. <laughs> a bit of pleasure, yes. Uh... Let us uh, speak truths, friend. You are clearly not with the clasp. Um, otherwise, you would know that they too are looking for the people you, uh, you see. There is a significant power struggle going on in the city right now between the silence and the clasp. Many of the other guilds are taking this opportunity to carve themselves a new place in the world. That is all to say, there are many parties interested in these people you seek. You will be in a race against time. I suppose you can help with that then, yes? I'll tell you what. Because Felix has vouched for you, and because I cherish and trust Felix, I will give you some information. My organization is not in a position to take advantage of it, but I am certain I would much rather you have it than some of my adversaries in the other guilds. I, I mean not to pry. Is, does your organization seek the same goals that we or any other organization is looking for? Can we help I you? I must admit, I do not know your organization, so I do not know its goals. Oh, we are not part of an organization. Yeah. Well, we kind of are. The open, the organization of Lupicard, is as they call it. It's... Oh, he's getting an accent now. Here we go. <laughs> he looks at Leandros for just a moment, and then looking back to Than, says, "There is a ledger that is reported to have some embarrassing information about the number of the members of some of the great houses of Arthur." My people were able to track it before the city burned. We are now not in a position that I can spare anyone to go get it. If you were able to retrieve the ledger and bring it back to me, I could use that leverage to get some information that you are looking for. And of course, uh, help my own organization as well. Well, seeing as how you are willing to give us this information with, you know, no 
no cost. Uh, finding this ledger and returning to you would be, I see, no problem to me. Very good. I will arrange to have the information sent to your rooms here. When it is completed, or if you have need of me again, simply communicate it to Felix. Just out of curiosity, as the financier of the group known as Lupicard, what group are you with? What organization are you with? You may know us as the Gardeners. The Gardeners, as in the men who deal with dirt and shit. As in those who tend to life. Those who are interested in growing things. But do not hesitate to eliminate any weeds that pop up. <laughs> I like you. I really like you. I have a feeling I may grow to like you as well. I extend my hand out. He takes it and shakes. I extend my hand out as well. He shakes yours as well. Farewell. And then he sits back down uh, like he's expecting you to leave. <laughs> I'll peep through the, the, the thing, make sure there's nobody in the hallway, and then exit. <laughs> the first thing I say like when we get out into the hallway, I'm just like, why were you guys talking so funny? <laughs> I love it. It's a long story. <laughs> Just roll with it. All right. It's great because we are also very clearly talented at doing accents, so I'm sure that sounded just amazing. Oh yes, yeah, phenomenal. <laughs> I did that purely on accident, to only, be fair, only because you guys were doing it. To be fair, I could, I would go more into accent if I was in front of you guys than anything. It's different over the phone. Yeah. yeah, I am the exact opposite. If we didn't have these computers and half the country in between us, I don't think I could do it. No, no, see, I don't care. I have no shame about it, you know? <laughs> well, I am full of shame. <laughs> <laughs> full of shame. I love making Good thing you're recording me. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And they're downloadable. Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, whose brilliant idea was that? Oh, wait. Um, yeah. Okay. So... We're going to try something a little bit different here, just so that we can kind of jump into the action of the heist itself, rather than you know maybe spending more time than we need to on the preparation. So very shortly after Aurelius leaves, um, you receive a letter uh, sent up to your room. It explains that your package is in the Warden compound for District 4. The warden's compounds are large uh, palatial-like structures. Uh, they have very extensive gardens, high security walls, uh, very large and extravagant great halls. They're used for everything from like festivals and celebrations uh, hosted in the different districts, as well as the municipal business that the wardens oversee on behalf of the queen. So the way that we're going to do this so that we don't spend a ton of time with preparation is I'm going to have each of you do a roll. Based on that roll, you'll get a number of hold points. And then we're going to jump right to the, the four of you outside the compound. And as we go throughout the heist, you can use one of your holds to do kind of like a flashback scene and say like, oh, well, I prepared for this eventuality by doing, you know, X. And you can just tell us what your person was doing during that time. We'll roll to see how successful you were and then kind of jump back into the action and apply that effect. Go. I'm cool with that, the, the role thing. That sounds cool. Yeah, that sounds cool. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so everybody roll plus whiz. My strong suit. Oh, God. All right. 12. 9. 10. 7. 
Okay. Hans and Leandros, you have two hold each. And Than and Eliaf, you each have three hold. Hell yeah. It's because I was showing them what was up. <laughs> okay. Night has fallen over Arthamore, and you are standing in a small alley across the street from the warden's compound. A large stone wall surrounds the compound, covering effectively an entire city block. There are large gates on three of the walls. The fourth wall is actually part of the wall toward the inner city, which is roughly about three times as high, twice as thick, and has about double the guards that the warden's compound does. Each of the gates have six guards standing watch, and there are periodic patrols of guards along the top of the wall. In addition to all that, there are also a number of militia patrols, the Praetorians and the Greensleeves that are moving around the outer walls of the compound. Um, they're very clearly trying to one-up the other, kind of making sure that they're being seen more guarding the, the warden's compound. And so they're moving uh, a little bit faster than a, a guard patrol normally would. Um, it's almost kind of a comical, maybe almost like Benny Hill kind of thing of like one of them going by and like another one like coming right behind looking like they're chasing each other. So this will be the first obstacle to getting into the compound, uh, getting past these militia patrols. What would you like to do? I, I don't know what the rest of the group would think, but I, I would pose the idea of um, paying off a, like a local merchant of some sort or some sort of uh, worker, maybe carrying a wagon or a, a wheel, like a wheelbarrow or something, to maybe as they pass at a particular time and day to have their cart break down and distract, at least maybe cause a distress in the streets that maybe they have to then come and try to resolve. I can summon a monster. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not I'm summon kidding, a monster, Andrews. No, actually, that, that's a really good idea. I like. I like what. That sounds like a good idea. Just uh, offered. Okay, so who is going to approach the merchant? I think Leandros should I'll do it. Then. Okay. Okay. So Leandros, why don't you give us some broad strokes, kind of what you hope this interaction is like? I'm going to walk up to an orange merchant, a guy wheeling around like a cart of oranges. I'll say, my good sir, um, do you like magic? I'm gonna like tap my finger, and it's gonna be a, a whole platinum in my in my hand. And I say, I'm gonna give you this for a really really easy favor. And I'm gonna say, around such and such time, I need you to create a distraction. That's all I'm gonna do. Okay, go ahead and roll plus charisma. Ten. Okay. Okay. The merchant's eyes light up when he sees the platinum, and he says, "Oh yes, I, I very much like that kind of magic." And so once you've explained kind of precisely what you want him to do, it becomes a little bit less clear whether it is your powers of persuasion or the fact that a platinum is a lot of money that uh, eventually convinces him to go along with this, but he does. So at the appointed time, this merchant comes wheeling his cart uh, down the street in front of the compound, and he's got it uh, kind of rigged up so that as one of the militia groups is, is about to walk by, he kind of jostles a, a crate of oranges, probably rotten oranges. Like, he's not going to give his, you know, he's not going to knock over his good stuff for this. But so he knocks over a big, like, heap of, like, some of the, the less desirable or more rotting oranges that he has. Then perhaps, having in his head an idea that he could maybe get even more money out of the situation, he starts kind of calling out the, the militia, like saying, oh, they, they ruined his fruit, 
that's his livelihood, how are they going to make it right, that sort of thing. So with attention drawn to that little situation, you're able to make it across the street into a little bit of the shadow below one of the compound walls, and the next hurdle would be then, how are you going to get over this wall? Well, I know a way that I can get over the wall, it's just whether or not the rest of the group can get over the wall. How tall is it? 20 feet. I have like a 25-foot rope if Ben says he can get up over the wall himself, he can take it with him, and um, he can climb up. I mean, I can do that. It's I a can almost special do it. rope, but I don't think I need to do any special things with it. What about the guards patrolling the top of the wall? We can do that separately if you'd like. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I was going to say, I can almost, like, I can get to the top, hold the rope, and then if other people or if one other person holds the rope, I can just, like, jump off the other side of the wall and kind of pulley system, just, you know, yank them over the top. (laughs) Then I'm on the ground, though, so I don't know. You can try. Or Or I can at least get up there, tie the rope off. That's what I would say. We can yeah, we're all strong. You don't have to stay up there necessarily. You don't have to help me. I can do it myself. Are you sure there, Ilias? I am 100% positive. I, I trust you. I, I think you know what you're doing. I think you can do right. this. So I get my rope out and I hand it to Ben and I say, do your thing. Okay, great. So we get to use a special move that I have um, called Struggle as One. So each of you are going to roll Strength. And on a 10+, plus, in addition to getting up the wall without any problem, you can describe how you are helping somebody who failed their role, and then they will also be able to get up the wall. You are also able to help out anybody who perhaps failed their role. Do I need to do that, though? Well, yeah, because even though you are going first, you still have to climb the wall. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shadow walk. Oh, then no. Okay. Okay, so everybody else roll plus strength. I got an 8. I got a 12. I got a 6. Okay, so then your shadow walk is essentially like the monk move from 5th edition, Uh, but why don't you tell us what it looks like when you do that. Okay, so you kind of see me approaching the wall, slow walking and then speeding up gradually into like a brisk jog, and then like once I reach the wall... You kind of see me, like, step on the wall, but then, like, just shadow completely envelops me, and you kind of just see it coalesce up the wall, and then at the top you see it form into, like, a like a cloud again, and then, like, I'm... The, the, then once it dissipates, I'm standing there at the top of the wall. I dig it. Okay, and then you were going to throw the rope down, and Leandros failed. So, Leandros, why don't you tell us what happened that caused that? Uh, I don't. I didn't like the, the my hands getting burned from the rope, so I fell. Okay. Very accurate. All right, and then Hans, you got a full success, so you can save him if you would like to. You just have to tell us how you are doing that. I feel like I was I was still on the ground. I was letting him go first, since or ahead of me at least, just so I make sure he got up there safely. So as he fell, I caught him. Sure, save him from hurting himself in the fall and not being able to make it up. Do I have to roll for that or anything? Nope. Uh, this was uh, very much like a teamwork sort of thing, so your role covered getting yourself up the wall and helping him. I also feel like I catch him and I don't put him down on the ground immediately. I kind of like hold him there for a second to show how strong I am. <laughs> how are you holding him, or how did you catch him? Oh, please tell like, me like a damsel in distress. You like, yeah, the kind of like that. Like I caught him like, yes! 
Sure, maybe rock him a little bit like a baby. <laughs> You're my hero, Hans. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and so then you all make it to the top of the wall. Who's the first person up to the wall? Um, it would have been Elias. Alright, so like as Elias makes it to the top of the wall for like a split second, um, I'd say he, if we would like lock eyes, and he would see like a faint shimmering of like purple and blue within my eyes, kind of like a smoky wisp, and then it fades away. Is that you shadow winking at him? I didn't wink, but it was just like, I look at like, a, like, like residual effect kind of yeah. thing. It just like it faded away after the shadow step. And I'm just like, as I like come over the crest of the wall from climbing the rope, I just have like the biggest smile on my face, like just total like kid in a candy store kind of thing. Nice. Okay, so now we're in kind of a, a two-for-one sort of situation. You're going to have to get down off the top of the wall into the garden below, as well as not alert the guards that are patrolling the top of the wall. Is there a hay bale or a, like a wagon of hay? <laughs> you know what? Sure. Yeah. Let's say it's a pile of garden clippings, but if you want to live out your assassin dream, I'm not going to stop you. Oh. <laughs> I want to eagle dive into it. And eagle totally dive survive into it. it and not take any damage. They call that a leap of faith? Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> faith of breaking every bone in your body. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. If you want to swan dive, uh, let's let's see what happens. It's I mean, can I collect my rope way. really fast and try to just do opposite on the other side? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I think and if people can tell, like, it, it's not just like a, any normal rope. Like, I feel like it. I think people can tell that it's like a special rope to me. So I'm kind of concerned that it comes along with us. So I like grab the rope real fast and then take it, it and tie it. I'd like to uh, shadow walk down to the bottom again and try to turn around and like be prepared to help anybody like that's coming down the wall. Sure. So yeah, I think I, did that. I, think I would say like I'm gonna be like overconfident from from getting up the wall so easily, and I'm just gonna try to like just jump down. Okay. <laughs> like trying to like prove to everybody that I can do it. Sure. Um, go ahead and roll plus your strength modifier. Seeing him leap off, I want to, you know, try to help if I can. I don't know what I can do, though. I feel like you're like, oh, God. <laughs> Pretty much. I roll an eight. Okay. okay. So you land, for the most part, okay, but you do probably, like, maybe, like twist your ankle at that last moment. So I'll say you can have, like, hurt your ankle, which would maybe affect if you get into a situation where you need to run later on. Or you can take a debility, which would be uh, an ongoing minus one to one of your stats. I'll take... Stunned or shaky? Yeah, I'll take a debility to being, like, shaky. Kind of like I was... Like, when I was at the top of the wall, I was super confident that I could do it. But then, like, you get that moment of, like, fear. So you get kind of, kind of like, shaky getting up. I'll take that. And shaky is minus one to dexterity until you can get that taken care of but you are down from the top of the wall and you don't have to worry about the guards up there so that just leaves Hans and Leandros what are you all doing I, uh, I look at Hans and I go well, why don't you go down I mean I'm trying to think about what I could do special with the rope I mean without totally explaining what it does uh, well just go ahead and describe what you want to do um, I think at that point it'll be pretty obvious it's a, a magic rope yeah I guess I just say the command word and it solidifies like a bar. I don't know it's if I. Pool. I got what? You. What's the word? What word did you pick? Super normally. Cool, cool. Um, so just tell us what that looks like. What are you doing? 
It's a monsoon outside. <laughs> I will kill you. <laughs> Is it really raining? <laughs> no. No. I have no idea what's going on. No, it's not. I just was, uh, it's funny if that's the phrase. He just knows it's a pet peeve of mine when people use monsoon incorrectly. But let's get back to Hans. No, basically, if I say super normally, the, the rope starts to turn. As I, as I speak the word out, the rope like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, I see why you didn't want to describe it. Um, you could just say, like, it, uh, it like goes from silk to steel. It goes from silk to steel. There we go. That's no better. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit better. Um, what were you going to say? <laughs> that he makes it hard. His rope is uh, six to midnight. Hard. But he had no problem saying that. <laughs> he gets six to midnight. <laughs> <laughs> so what I would want to do with it, actually, kind of lean over the edge and, and drive it into the ground and then and tell maybe Ben or somebody, I don't know if I could, like, you know, motion to, like, hold on to it. And then we, like, fireman pull down. Great. Um, I'm not going to... I'm not going to make any way to roll for that. That's just a, that's just a smart use of your your gear and a smart way to solve that problem. So, I'll go first, and I'll be like, I'll I'll like look at Leandros, and I'll say like, I was like, just follow me, and then I'll I'll do it first, and then I'll. And then, uh, as soon as we get down, I like nudge then like with my elbow, and I'm like, that was pretty easy, right? That's pretty good, man. <laughs> perhaps perhaps uh, you don't jump off again. Uh, now take also, a little take a little more time next time. <laughs> As soon as we get down to the ground, I'm like holding on to the, the, the rope with one hand and I say, Lee Mal nor per two. And it like Im- immediately just drops down to the ground and I roll it up and put it back in my bag. Nice. Just so the rest of you know, he had to say the command word backwards to reverse the effect. I, I, look, at the, I look at Hans and go, that was pretty impressive. You're just full of secrets, aren't you? And I just like kind of brush my shoulder off. <laughs> So we are now down in the gardens within the compound. There are a number of winding paths leading through uh, topiary like, sculptures. Uh, there are a number of like benches and fountains. So while there are a number of like hiding spaces or ways to kind of get out of sight, there is a pretty wide open expanse between where you are and the manor house itself. And moving throughout that space are a number of patrols, some of which you can see right now, and others you know are in the area and will be on the move. So the next hurdle will be, how are you going to try to get past these guards? Okay, I'll say that I'll use a hold point and say that I saw a member of one of the patrols had the same, like, holy mark that I had. So I, like, kind of, um, I guess this would have been before, not right now, but I would have pulled him aside and, you know, said, help me with you. He would have said the same, and then I would have used um, the "I am the law" to um, have him tell me what their patrol schedule is, so we could like easily navigate around them instead of having to. Okay, I like that. Go ahead and roll your "I am the law." I like that. Eight. Okay, so that's a partial, um, but I did really like that. So he agrees to give you the information and to not say anything about it on the condition that you don't hurt anybody when you're in the compound, specifically any of the the guards or any of his friends within the guards. So if you do hurt anybody during the heist, this might be an NPC we see again. Thank you very much. So using your knowledge of their patrol paths 
and the timing of things. You're able to make your way through the garden. It's kind of a run to the Swan Fountain and wait there for a count of 50 and then move to the Topiary Ziggurat and... That guy was... That guy was right. That guy takes a shit at the same time every day. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it's also a little weird that his work colleague knows that, but it's it's good that uh, we know that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really weird he knows that. So we get back. Um, yes, you make it through the gardens up onto a patio that ends with a series of about nine double-door windows that open on the other side into a grand ballroom inside the manor house. They are, however, at the moment closed, and the ballroom is dark save for a few flickering uh, lanterns in the hallway outside of the ballroom. Uh, I check the doors. They are locked. I'll pick the lock. Okay. Roll your thief's move. Eleven. That is a full success, so you pull out your picks and you are prepared for a very elaborate kind of locking mechanism on this thing. And as soon as your your tools are in there and you're starting to, to get a feel for it, you realize that this thing is this thing is pretty simple. It's almost child's play for, for somebody like you. Um, and in just just a couple of mo- you know, just a matter of moments you've got it popped open and you can move inside. Once in the ballroom you're able to like stay in the shadows in the darkened room and peek around the the corner of some of the doors into the various hallways. And so you can see that there are a number of staff, even um, at this pretty late hour, moving about the manor. There's a, you know, maybe there's like a cook taking like a snack up to somebody, probably the warden. Um, There's some butlers moving about, somebody is cleaning a tapestry. So the next thing is kind of um, getting through this first line of household staff. What would you like to do? Um, Could I have perhaps spoken with one of the household maids or servant and um, perhaps convince them to um, in a particular spot in the house to leave in a closet nearby a set of wardrobes for us that we could maybe put on and and blend in fully within that of the compound sure give me a, a little bit of an idea of how you found some of the staff like on, on one of the days while we were keeping watch on the place, posting up and whatnot, um, just seeing one of them maybe, um, you know, go to the bar, kind of approaching them that way, maybe buying them a round of drinks. And... Sounds good. And, and then so what is your pitch to them? Or like, what are you offering them in exchange for them doing this favor for you? I guess the more most obvious thing would maybe be some gold. A little like gold would be the one thing I know that most people would want. Um, I'll say if you want to spend another hold point, you can have then taken the time to trail this person and see if there's something that they do that leads you to something they might want that you can use as leverage or as blackmail for them. Yeah, I can, I, I, you know, I'm fine with doing that. I had two hold points, so I mean, might as well. Okay, um, I'm going to make you tell me what leverage you find. I would say, I would say if they had a, um, they had like a like a child. And perhaps I'm following them or, or whatnot, I overheard something that the child really wanted and they couldn't really get for them. I would then try to, you know, procure that and, and offer that as a, as a payment. Okay, go ahead and roll charisma to see how this bribe goes. Hey, I know I've been following you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not creepy whatsoever. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, seven. Okay, so that's a partial success, and you do have the thing for child, so 
I'll say that he um, he's a he's a maid. He agrees and says that he will do it uh, for one hundred gold. Jesus, I would have to um, uh, approach our treasurer. Leandros, pay the man. <laughs> All right. Fine. I would then also whisper to Leandros, you know, after we would make this transaction, say I would be fine stealing more gold to, you know, make up for the. Don't worry about it. We we we're gonna need it. That's fine. I didn't exactly bring a whole lot of money from home. Well, we can run by there if we need to. Just for now, let's let's get this done. That's yeah, fine. Take it. Okay, so you follow his directions from the ballroom into the kitchen and then just around the corner in the kitchen is a small pantry and hanging in the pantry are the the uniforms that that he promised he'd uh, provide for you and there's some room in the pantry for you all to change right there as well once you're changed you'll be able to make your way through the house uh, much more easily Um, this you know disguise obviously won't pass like close up if if someone you know stops to talk to you they were going to recognize like hey they don't they don't know you and then that'll be a different thing but from a distance or just in passing very quickly you'll probably be able to fool most people uneducated type right or anybody just not looking too close right so the next step will be deciding where you want to go from the kitchen uh we did uh, the information we received we didn't get any location of where this ledger was particularly kept or held or or seen no they were not quite sure they weren't able to follow the ledger into the compound uh but probably most likely it'd be like in the library or in the warden's office what are we dressed up as um household staff do we know exactly what kind so i think that you have the like the basic uniform would be like a black kurta with black pants with like a red stripe it goes from the shoulder, like down the breast, all the way down. Uh, probably even down the one leg of the pants as well. That's kind of like the base uniform that everybody wears. And then in different parts of the household, they might have an accessory that they use to help with whatever they're doing. So like in the kitchen, they would put an apron on over that. Or if they were you know, serving food in the dining room, they might have you know, like a, a towel over the arm sort of thing. But so you just kind of ba- have like the, the basic uniform. I'll like uh, catch a like a staff member wandering by and I'll say, excuse me, sir. This is my first day here and I was instructed to clean the library. Could you point me in the right direction? Okay. I don't want to be that guy, but you are lying to him. Oh, yeah, that's true. You're right. I'll let you take that back because we're pretty new to the paladin oaths, but Eliaf wouldn't. What if I'll I'll charm that person? (laughs) Okay. Okay. No, I'm glad you were that guy. <laughs> I, I, I just remembered it and I was like, ooh, wait a minute. Yeah, no, I forgot about it too. So, Leandros, roll to cast charm. 12. Well, that's a full success. Uh, so, tell me, who did you stop? Who have you charmed? Um, just probably a butler passing by, and I'll say, uh, excuse me, and I'll just uh, charm him uh, without, you know, any hesitation. <laughs> Take me to the library. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, it's, so, it's so good to see you. Uh, yeah, right this way. I know, I'm the best. A whisper in his ear, ever so gingerly. Please don't kill this one. <laughs> I sneer, okay. and I'll say, mm. I'll try not to. Oh my god! 
He leads you down the hallway off the kitchen and to a, a, a small flight of stairs. Um, this is kind of the back way, the, the, the way that the servants would move around the house. So it's you're not getting to see as many of the like the, the big grand areas as you would otherwise, but this is probably much faster. Um, so at uh, the top of the stairs, that opens up into the, the second floor. This is still part of the like the show area of the manor, where if there's like a gala or if, it, um, if the warden was entertaining somebody or entertaining the guy that had party goers, they would be on this level as well. This particular area is a very wide hallway, uh, marble floors, uh, thick, rich carpet down the middle, uh, tapestries, statues, and things like that lining the walls. Just a little bit down this hallway, the left wall of it for for a good hundred feet opens up in a series of archways that leads out onto a balcony that overlooks the gardens. At the far end of this hallway, well past those archways leading out to the garden, there is a large set of double doors, and standing on either side of them is a guard. And Leandros's new friend is leading you all directly at the guards. Uh, stop, stop, stop. Come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. <laughs> um, I just want to let you know, too, Thomas, as one of my advanced moves, um, I have Mystical Puppet. Uh, basically, when I use magic to control a person's actions, they have no memory of what I had them do, and they will bear no ill will towards them. Yes, thank you for reminding me of that. That will probably be handy for you here. So you are able to stop him, uh, but then you realize that you are just in the middle of this wide open hallway. The guards are still a pretty good distance away. Um, they can see you, and you can see them fine. They do not appear to be suspicious of you because it's just a group of, uh, you know, household staff. But their level of suspicion could change. Okay, I'm just gonna grab. I'm gonna grab my new friend uh, by the around the shoulder, and I'm gonna say, "Let's go try something dangerous." And then we're gonna walk up close. I'm gonna cast sleep on those guards. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead and roll for it. Ooh. Uh, that'd be an 11. That'll do it. Go ahead and roll your d4 to see how many you put to sleep. A 3. Okay, so the heads of the two guards begin to kind of like loll backwards, and their eyes roll up into their head a little bit, and they slowly lean back against the wall behind them, and then, then slide down into like a sitting position on the floor, uh, both of them fully asleep. And your butler friend is like, oh, what? What, what, what happened? Quiet. Open the door, and I... We're in a library! <laughs> and then I look at him, and after he opens the door, and I say, Grab that woman here. And then I look at I look at Hans, and I say, Do the same. Okay, so you're going to drag the guards into the library. Yes. I guess so. Okay. So this is a like a household library. This is not like a, like a public library. Really, it's more of... More like a large study. Um, there's a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of bookshelves on the walls. There's a fancy like tapestry map on one wall. It looks like it's made of like velvet, and there's like a lot of gold thread. There's a large desk by a window that looks out on uh, onto the garden below, and you've just dragged two unconscious guards into the the room, and you have a charmed butler with you. Okay. Now, did okay. we know anything more than like, hey, it might be in the library? Not really. It's either the library. It's a ledger or the we're looking for. Yeah. I'm gonna start uh, like kind of looking over the desk and seeing if, if I spot anything ledger like. Roll discern realities. I was gonna say I could spout some lore because <laughs> I've seen some ledgers before <laughs> through my thievery days. This is gonna be more about finding in a timely manner. Uh, so that hold on, let me do the math here. Four. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Go ahead, mark my experience. Yes, mark your experience. As you are rummaging around on the desk, you 
bump into a large ornate uh, lamp the kind of like really ridiculously over-the-top sort of lamp that only a rich person would own the lamp slams into the window above the desk and the window cracks and just for a split second it seems like the window is going to hold and then it shatters and all the glass and the lamp go tumbling down into the garden below and you hear a little bit of commotion as some of the guards who are down there uh, have been alerted. That went way worse than I thought it was going to. Okay, I'll, um, I'll run over to the window. Oh shit, I can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> I have all so many good ideas of lying. Everything's fine here, no, no, no. Um, everything's good, we're fine. Um, how are you? Can I go to the window and, and kind of look out and say, like, out of concern and be like, is anybody hurt? Is anybody injured? We had an accident. Yeah, you sure can. Well, that's what I do. Roll plus charisma. I give Finn this look of, are you fucking serious? <laughs> uh, I rolled a nine. Well, it's a nine. It was a ten minus. Okay, so the guard patrol are standing around this broken lamp and all the glass and... They say, yes, we're fine. What's the meaning of this? What's going on up there? Oh, shit. Um, yeah, I said, it's okay. We we're cleaning, and I hit one of the she- one of the bookshelves, and it toppled over. Please don't tell Please don't tell anyone. We're going to clean it up as soon as possible. I kind of look nervous, like I'm not like, like I'm lying, but nervous, like I'm nervous about getting in trouble for knocking. All right. Um, that was, however, a partial success. So he says, uh, don't worry about it, man. Acc- accidents happen. We'll send a couple of guys up there to help you out with that. Shit. So they are not going to be running. They are not going to be raising any sort of alarm. But there is a group of guards that will be making their way up to the library. Leandros, like, hey, you might want to go outside the doors and, and charm some folks if they come up. And we'll, like, we'll keep looking. How about this instead? Can... Is, there, is there closets in this library? No. Don't forget, we also have two sleeping guards. That's what I'm saying. I was trying to find a closet to kind of put them in. Can I um? Can I cast prejudication on the two sleeping guards? Form like a like a like a big blanket over them. (laughs) Um, That's not really how that spell works. Oh. But um, I'm gonna give it to you just because I think it's kind of funny. So as you're all kind of like looking around trying to figure out what to do, Landros is like, I got this and then looks at the two bodies laying on the floor of the library, casts a spell at it, and now there's two body-shaped lumps covered by blankets on the floor of the library. Well, we'll put them in the corner. Don't worry, we'll put them in the corner. I'm going to look at the my, my new friend and go, drag them into the corner. And I look at Finn, I'm like, this is on you. This is all on you. I'm looking for the ledger. I'm trying to get this done. Okay, so taking another look over the desk, there is that empty space where the lamp was. And without the lamp there, it's a little bit easier to see underneath um, some of the one of the stacks of paper. And so you can see that there is a, a book there. And sure enough, opening it up, you know, scanning through it, it's definitely a ledger. But instead of amounts and transactions, there are names of you know, noble-sounding houses and kind of like bullet points of like some of the shit that they've done, things that they could be blackmailed for. This is what you're looking for. If I have the ledger, can I go over to a bookshelf opposite of where we hid the bodies? And I want to just, I want to break it or like off off center it so it looks like it was broken. Okay, so you're trying to break the bookshelf or move it? Well, we mentioned that, you know, one of the bookshelves was broken to the guard, so we want to make it look like it was broken. But I want it to be on the, away from where we are hiding bodies right now. 
Okay, um, I'm just trying to picture like what you're doing to break a bookshelf. Smacking it up like that. Probably have to like pull it down. Like actually just pull it down. I feel like I just walk over while he's like trying to figure out what to do and I just like grab it from the top and pull it down. Hans, give me a roll plus strength. Uh, ten. Okay, that was more to see like how much attention you drew uh, by knocking over a bookcase. And with a ten plus, I'm say almost none. Has it has much time passed, or like, could I make my way out into like the outside of the library without the guards being right there, just kind of be wandering a hallway kind of thing? You can step out of the library right now, and there won't be guards there. But if you are intending to leave the way you came in, you'll have to tell me how you're going to deal with those guards. Can you shadow walk back out the window? I mean, I could. But then you guys are stuck in there, so. I feel like you oh, getting out your... is like the importance right now with the ledger. Like you get out Couldn't and head you back to the your... unicorn, and we'll figure out our way out. Can we use the pole to get down? Well, there's there's guards down below us right now. Um, no, those guards are the ones that are on their way up to you right now. How many? How many were there? Four. Oh. Um. So you're like, hey, can you use your rope guys, thing? Again? Can you use your rope thing? All of us go down, and you leave your charm person here to talk to these guys. Oh, don't worry, I'm going. I'm going to lock the door. And I say um, super normally. We all sl- we'll slide out. We'll command his charm person to to go unlock the door and help the guards fix what's broken, yes. I guess. <laughs> okay, um, are, is everybody outside yet? I want to do a thing. Well, I, I, wanna, I want everybody he, to be out before I do it. I go. I'm out the window. Okay. Is that okay? Okay. Um, and unless Hans or Eliaf want to do anything else in the library, they hop out the window down the down the rope as well, and that just leaves Leandros in the library. With my friend, right? Yeah. Okay. Is the door barred? It's locked, but a locked door is not going to stop the people who are in charge of guarding the locked doors. Okay. I'm gonna go to the bodies. I'm gonna pull the blankets off. I'm gonna does do, do one of the guards have like a like a dagger or something? Okay, I'm going to pull the dagger. I'm going to stab both of the guards in the back of the neck and make sure they're dead. <laughs> Just hear me out. I'm going to give the dagger to my friend and say, shh. And I'm going to wipe blood all over him. I'm going to go, good luck. And I'm going to pat him on the shoulder and then walk out and then go down the pole. Okay. Um... <laughs> Is that evil? <laughs> oh, that's definitely evil. Give me a roll plus charisma. Oh, I'm going to love this. <laughs> 11. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't want to give it to you, but it, the plan is technically sound, and you rolled a success, so... <laughs> Your friend is stunned, and he doesn't know what to make of what's happened, but you're his best friend in the world, so if you gave him this dagger, he it, it must be important. Um, also, I'm gonna drop the hold as soon as as we're down and like farther away. I'm gonna drop uh, not the hold. I'm sorry. I'm gonna drop the charm. Okay. Now that the four of you are in the garden and you have the ledger, I mean, you still know the path and the the timing for the the patrols around here. Um, the guards that were heading up to check on you are going to be busy with the you know the bloody butler. Uh, so unless there's anything else you guys want to do, I think you can just leave the compound kind of the same way you came in i think we should just do that let's get out of here yeah you make it up and over the wall and under the cover of night disappear into the streets of arthmore heist complete
Thank you for joining in our wild endeavors. I'm your GM, Thomas Marsetti, and joining me this time were... Uh, my name is Devin. I play uh, Theron Nilo. My name is Evan. I play the character Leandros. I'm Adam. I play Hans Gregor, and you can find me on Twitter at NPCULater. I'm Nick. I play Eliath Kin. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wild Endeavors. We'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for the great music. And we hope you join us again next week.